Siri, remind me to pick up milk on the way home. Hey Siri, remind me about ballet practice at 5 p.m. Hey Siri, remind me to ask mom if I can borrow her car for Friday. Hey Siri, remind me to call the body shop. Hey Siri, remind me to take out the trash tonight. Siri, hey Siri, hey Siri, hey Siri, 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 hey Siri, 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 connect with your family in this part of the world, in the homeland, it's, it does something on the inside. I am who I am today because of what took place in this land. Jesus was here, he breathed here, he walked here, he talked with people here. This is his land, this is his people. When you hear the stories fresh in front of you, the scriptures come alive. Firm has allowed us to partner together with some of the great churches in the world. We're not just tourists here, we're, we're, we're worshipers here together. have all come together. It's, it's Jesus' prayer, really the prayer for unity, where he said, you know, like, I wish that they were one. I've gotten to see that right here. Come on, look, a couple things before we get rolling today. Um, uh, you just saw a video, a very important video about uh, a missions trip that we are taking to Israel this next coming year. We actually had one this past year that a lot of you were able to go to and, uh, and, and it's gonna be happening again. Um, but not only that trip, we've actually got quite a few missions trips that are gonna be um, uh, going out next year. We have a table at the back of the room today that I would highly encourage you. If you've kind of been thinking, man, I might, I might should go on a trip or man, there's just something inside of you that's like, you know, I'd like to go and travel and see what God's doing um, in other places. I would highly encourage you to, to, to go back there, check out those trips, sign up. Now is whenever you begin to plan for that, vacations and, and money and all that good stuff. And so, uh, so I'd, I'd encourage you to do that. Um, this past year, we've gone to a, a bunch of different places. Uh, man, we've been to a place in Mississippi. We've been up to Alabama and Dream Center, and we've gone to uh, Guatemala and Cuba. We actually just had a missions trip there last, uh, last month or a couple months ago. And um, I, we're actually going back. Me and a few guys are going there uh, next month and gonna have the opportunity to do like a, a base camp type of thing down there. So we're excited uh, partnering, partnering up with that church down there. And anyway, there's a lot of different opportunities for you to be a part of that. And uh, some of you have never actually traveled outside of like your comfort zone. And uh, I'd highly encourage you to do that because um, um, I was just talking to some of the people that came back from Guatemala. And whenever you get outside of your, your bubble, you know, and you see what God's doing um, and you experience you experience Jesus in a, in a kind of a different angle uh, with different people, it kind of opens up your thinking and it expands your thinking. Now, we talk about it when we talk about just traveling the world, right? Getting out your box and, man, go see the world. It's the same thing with, uh, with traveling and, and going and serve people in different other, other areas. I think it would really benefit a lot of you to do that. So anyway, that table is uh, open at the end of the service to go back there and, and, and find some information and sign up and then uh, start saving, all right? So the next thing I wanna do is um, I wanna honor some very special people in the room today. Uh, this is Veterans Day weekend, really. And, um, you know, <clears throat> here in South Mississippi uh, with, with the CB base and, and, you know, all of the Keesler and all the bases that we have, we, we have a lot of people that are serving in the military, both now and, and in the past. You know, a lot of people, they just love South Mississippi so much they have to retire here. They're like, I gotta get back to the coast, man. It's, Sometimes, actually, you know, it's, it's a really nice area, but, uh, but you know what I'm saying? This, there's people in this room that have, you know, they've really made the ultimate sacrifice in regards to putting their life on the line and, and saying, I'm willing to give my life to serve this country. And so we want to honor you. And uh, so if, if you're serving currently or you have served in any of the armed forces, would you go ahead and stand on your feet right now? Come on, we want to give it up for you. Thank you so much. Come on. Yeah. Man, y'all stay, y'all stay standing, stay standing, stay standing up. Come on. 
We're extremely, extremely grateful for, uh, for what you guys and gals have given your life for. And uh, some of you currently, and then some of you, it's, it's been a while, but man, I'm telling you, it's, it's incredible. Um, don't take it lightly, the nation that we live in. You know what I'm saying? The, the safety, the protection. You know, there, there's not been one day in my life that I've been fearful of, of war in this nation. There's not been one day that, I, you know, I've always felt protected, and it's because of people like you that have done what you've done and served where you serve. And so, man, we're so grateful. But I also, I want to honor kind of another group of people in addition to you is if you're in this room and your, your dad, your mom, your brother, your sister, your son, your daughter serve in the military or have served, I, w- I want you to stand too. Come on. Look at all the people in the room. Now, this is, this is why I wanna honor you as well. It's because if, if a dad is in the military, right? It's not just the dad that's in the military. It's the whole family. It's the whole family. And, and many of, of you women and some men, you're, you're, you know, part of your family is deployed for months at a time, even some people years at a time. And that's a sacrifice that you're making. And, um, and we appreciate you. And, and I wanna honor you because it is. We believe in the family here at Northwood Church and it's not just one person. It's, it affects everyone. And, uh, and so, man, I'm just, I'm really... I'm not, I guess I'm kind of surprised. Look, I mean, the majority of the people in this room right here, it's really the same thing in the first service, in some way, shape, or form are connected to our military. And um, I'm just extremely grateful for that. So I wanna pray over those of you, again, who are active or, or maybe in the past, you've already retired from the military, but also you families, some of you people in this room right now, part, you know, somebody in your family is deployed and it's a very tough time for you. And so we wanna pray God's peace over your life. So come on, let's pray together. Father, God, we thank you for this nation that we live in. We thank you right now, God, that we have confidence in, uh, in our safety, Father, that we are able to even gather together in a room like this without fear. God, we thank you for that, that liberty and that freedom that we have. But Father, we know just like our freedom and our liberty, liberty that is found in you was not free. God, it's the same thing in this nation. God, that, that, that weight is falling on so many people that are, that are in this room right here standing to their feet. God, we thank you for them. Uh, God, I thank you for, for their yes, for them saying yes and, and giving their lives, their dreams, their hopes to serve this country. God, I pray that you bless them. I pray that you protect them in every way. God, in their, in their mind, and their hearts, God, that you would lift them up. God, I thank you for the families of those who are serving and have served. Father, I pray that you would bless them. God, the, the women and the men who are, are holding down the fort here at home as their spouses and other family members travel and, and are deployed. God, we pray that you would fill their homes with peace. Uh, God, let all fear, fearful thoughts, fearful, uh, just those, those lies from the enemy that come in and steal uh, your joy. God, I pray for them that you would cover them right now, protect them. I thank you for them, and we pray a blessing over them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Come on. Thank you so much. So this month, um, again, actually since August, we've been in the book of Ephesians. And this month, we are wrapping up our study in the book of Ephesians. And uh, kind of what I like to do each week, and I don't want to take too much time to do it, but I know it's so important because, man, we're all over the place. Some people, maybe this is your first time here, and, or maybe you haven't been here in a couple of months. Maybe you've kind of forgotten or you've missed some of where we're at. And we're studying the book of Ephesians, and it's a reminder to the busy church. And we're busy people. We got our lives filled with a lot of things. And it's actually very similar to the church in Ephesus at the time that the Apostle Paul writes this letter. This is a bustling city. There's a lot of people from all different backgrounds, and they're coming together. And the things that he's saying to them, um, in one way, is for us, at times, can feel pretty basic. It's like basic Christianity. But it's the building blocks for why we're here, okay, and how we're supposed to act. And so, so Paul is writing this letter to a church like this, and there's literally somebody reading this letter to a, a room full of people. And you can imagine the things that he is saying or she is saying as they read it, they're hearing Paul say it. And, and the things that Paul is saying is, for some people, encouraging them. It's like, man, yes, a you know, reminder. For other people, it's confronting them. It's confronting their worldview. It's confronting the way that they live their lives, the way that they have prioritized and organized things in their life. And so some of it's uh, kind of in your face, but it's all true. And it's all important that we hear it and we actually read scripture and let it affect us. 
Okay, a lot of times we read scripture, we read the Bible for like a quick nugget. You know what I'm talking about? Like, oh, let me look up the verse of the day. And it's like something that's kind of low-hanging fruit, get it, uh, encourage, move on. Um, the problem is, is that if we always do that, we will miss the, really the point of the Bible. The point of the Bible is not necessarily to like, you know, for little nuggets, okay? It's, it's like that we would understand what God's plan is, and his plan is carried out through Jesus, the person and the work of Jesus. And so we've got to have this broad view, and it takes time. Look, uh, recently uh, I bought uh, a seven-year-old a Bible, and up until this point we've had kind of like a, a kid's Bible, and it's the main stories. Well, we bought her uh, it's a Bible, it's a princess Bible. She's totally jacked about, she's excited, you know. And... Um, but it's the whole Bible. <laughs> so she's like, yes, I get to study and all this kind of stuff. And she opened it up and she's like, this is gonna take me a long time. <laughs> and I was like, babe, listen, you're gonna study the Bible the rest of your life and you never arrive. It's not like, okay, now I'm done with it. You know, it's, it's something that you, you delve into, you learn and you grow in. And so in this place, some of us, man, we've been studying the Bible for years and some it's been a couple of weeks. You know, uh, and, but I think by moving through books like this, it helps us to connect with uh, Paul's mindset. Why is he saying these things? And to me, I, I hope it's like this for you. It just, it just blows up the book. It just makes it so much more uh, understandable, honestly. It's way more understandable to, to kind of approach scripture like this. And so, so we're gonna be doing that uh, through the end of November. And this month is, and this is what Paul is talking about, is about spiritual warfare. Now, we established this last week. If you missed last week, I'd encourage you to go back and listen where, um, in case you know it or not, and whether it's true to you or not, we're in a war. We're in a battle. And I'm not a physical one, but an unseen one. All right? And, and it, there's, there's angels and there's demons and there's all these principalities and powers of darkness and heavenly, you know, heavenly realm. And, and so last week, we kind of, we went there, we talked about it, we sort of established some thinking patterns about uh, the, the the demonic and things, and, and, and we can't exhaust that, or the demonic and, and studying all the spiritual realm. Um, honestly, guys, it's very fascinating, and it's something that we are going to talk about and we believe in, but we're also not going to emphasize over the gospel, okay? We're, we're not, we're not going to emphasize the enemy's plans over God's plan. Like, we've, we've got to be very, very balanced in that because some people, they get caught up, and then it's all about you know, there's a demon under this paper over here. There's something like that. We, we got to be careful about that, okay? Let's exalt Jesus. Let's exalt, right? Worthy is his name, okay? So that's, that's kind of the, the mindset that we have. Uh, but at the same time, there is an enemy. He has a strategy. Last week, we learned one of his major strategies that he has is deception and how he uses deception against us. It's important that we understand that so that way we're aware of these tactics. But uh, we're, gonna, we're gonna learn how we are to stand firm in the midst of spiritual warfare by God's power, with God's armor, and in constant prayer. That's what we're talking about this month. So last week's verses, I wanna read these verses. They're not on the screen behind us, but, but just to kind of catch you up in what we talked about last week. Paul says this, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Just big words, man. You know what I'm talking about? Anytime you say dark spiritual forces, like everybody's hair on the back of their head, you know, kind of perks up, like what's going on, you know? So, um, so we talked about deception. And what we're gonna start talking about this week and next week is what we have to stand in against this, this, uh, this, this enemy, the devil. How are we to withstand? How are we to stand against these schemes and stand firm in it? And we're gonna learn about the armor of God, the armor of God. So Ephesians 6, verse 13 through 18 is where we're gonna be today. Um, it says this, therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to, be able to stand or withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm, to stand firm. So to withstand the enemy, we have to put on the armor of God, not our own armor, not the world's armor, okay? Not these, these weapons that, that we have at our disposal. We have to determine that the weapons that are easily accessible in regards to carnal things or worldly things are not the weapons that can withstand the onslaught of the enemy, 
all right? Now, all of us in this room right now, in case you didn't know, all right, I didn't come out with like some sort of Roman soldier outfit on, you know, I thought that'd be too much, but, but picture yourself right now, you are geared up, you have armor on you, like whether you know it or not, in your emotions and your spirit and your soul, you're, you're armored up with something. So again, just like whether or not you believe that you are in a spiritual battle or not, it does not negate whether it is real or not real just because you believe or don't believe. It's, it's a static thing. Like it's, it's there or it's not, okay? It's, it's, it's real or it's not. We believe that it's real. Actually, I believe that the spiritual realm, the unseen realm, it affects our physical realm more than the other way around at times. It's like, man, there's this, there's this war is not just war, Okay, physical war is not just, there, there's principalities and powers and there's this other thing happening. In case you, I think a great picture of that is in Daniel 10, whenever, you know, Daniel's praying and then an angel comes and says, I was on my way, but then I got held up. And so this guy came over here and we did this and I was at a, it's like, whoa, you know I mean? Like, imagine like in this room right now, there's just like, you know, there's this battle raging, you know, in our minds and in our hearts of truth and all the other things that we're gonna talk about today. But, but we're all geared up. Whether you know it or not, you got a helmet on right now, right? You, you, you've got, you got gear on now. It might not be that strong, right? It might be porous. It might be, you know, it might be old antiquated armor, but you're, you're gearing up. Like you answer your questions that you have with something. A lot of you have, have chosen to, to have Jesus as the answer in this room, but but listen, there's people in this room right now who are, are atheists or agnostic. You're all over, we're all over the map, guys. We have different belief systems and we're trying to reach out and grab things. And so, but we're, we're reaching out and grabbing armor, like to be able to withstand this fight called life. So we're called to stand, but we're called to stand in the armor of God. And this is kind of the mental picture I want to give you. Uh, in, in, the, in the Bible, there's a, a guy named David and he fights a, a big guy named Goliath. Now, pretty much everybody in this room has heard of David and Goliath. And what happens is he's a shepherd boy and he goes to bring cheese and whatnot to his brothers who are actually fighting in this war against the Philistines. And there's this big guy up there named Goliath and he's shouting at everybody and intimidating everybody. David comes up and it's like, who's this, you know, who's this heathen that's mocking you know, the name of the Lord? And everybody's freaked out. Uh, and Goliath challenges them and it's like, hey, bring out your best warrior. Let me fight him. And David's like, nobody else is stepping up. I'll step up. So he steps up, he goes and he sees King Saul and King Saul starts, you can imagine, kind of like talking to him and kind of, hey man, let me tell you what you need to do. And, this, and he's like, okay, you need to wear this armor. And he starts putting all his armor on him. And, and David, it just doesn't fit. It's not right. And David's like, man, I can't, I can't operate with all this. Just, I need my sling and I need some rocks and I'm gonna, I need Jesus. Like that's, that's, where, that's how I'm gonna fight this battle with the Lord, the name of the Lord. And so he goes and y'all know the story. You know, he, he, he slings the rock, knocks Goliath down. But the point is, is that there was some armor that King Saul wanted David to wear, but it wasn't the right armor. It wasn't the right armor. David had this understanding that all he needed, even in a physical battle, was the armor of God. And it's so important that we realize that this armor that we're talking about is the armor of God. God has a helmet for you. God has a sword for you. God has something to cover your, your chest and, and, and you know, a, a belt of truth. He's got things for you to wear his own armor. Let's not pick up our own, okay? Let's not reach out and grab our own stuff because here's the deal. It may work for a little while, but it runs out. It's got a lifespan, okay? The armor of God has withstood this, the test of time and continues to withstand circumstances and trials and, and the demonic, right? It, it presses on through it. And so because we are clothed in that armor, we can stand firm. So it's important to have that, that mindset as we talk through this. This is not your own stuff, okay? I'm gonna take up, I'm gonna take up my shield, you know? Well, we got to be careful about how we say that. And we'll, we'll talk about that here in a second. So Paul begins to break down this armor through the next few verses. Uh, verse 14, he says, stand therefore having fastened on the belt of truth. Now, when you picture belt of truth, please don't picture like a Gucci belt or something. You know what I'm talking about? Just like this really nice belt and really cool gold plated, like, you know, it's a little bit more, uh, a little bit more important than that. All right. A little bit stronger than that. He's talking about the belt of truth. It's like a it's like a man girdle, all right? Like I'm trying to say it as like strong as possible, you know? It's, just, it's not just for, for, for visual aesthetics, okay? This thing has a purpose and it's, it's, a, it's a belt of truth. It holds everything together. 
And it's where our core strength comes from. Look, in sports and in exercise, anything, if you guys do that, which I do sometimes, you know, you can tell I'm super strong. And um, uh, your strength comes from your core, you know, your hips, your stomach, your, I mean, all of this. Look, the back issues that we have nowadays in our country, everybody's got blown backs. It's because we're weak. Most times it's just we're weak. We're out of shape and all the weight's just on our vertebrae. We can't, we're not strong enough to withhold our own weight. And so all of a sudden it starts wearing things out. And then we, and we got to go to surgery and pills and all this kind of stuff. And, and really there's a way that if we're strong, it'll take care of a lot of that. Maybe not all of it, but a lot of it, right? Why? Because our strength comes from our core. And Paul says here that, that truth is that core strength, that we're supposed to be cinched up in our core with the belt of truth. Truth is our core strength. In our belief right now, all of you, your own, own belief systems, everything that you do rests on and comes from the truth that you believe in. And if your truth gets messed up or, or, or wavers or is not strong, you are not strong and you will not be able to withstand the enemy. It's impossible. So when we talk about truth, last week we talked about deception, right? Which comes against truth. And the enemy does a really good job of messing with our truth. Nowadays for us, it really comes through a lot of intellectualism and the whole concept that I can figure it out. And, uh, you know, science is over here. They're figuring this out. And, and I'm just going to wait for them and this... Let me read you some definitions of truth to kind of frame this up. I think it kind of starts out with some, a, a bad definition. You ready? A fact or belief that is accepted as true. I think that's a bad definition of truth. So if I accept it, then it's true for me. But if I reject it, then it's not true for me. Okay, so like that's like a relativistic thinking. That's what that is. It's like, uh, what's good for me is good for me. What's good for you. Let me tell you something. Gravity is going to happen whether or not you believe in it. Okay. So I, I reject gravity. It's, you're still going to fall down if you try to, if you jump really high and try not to catch yourself. You know what I'm saying? Just, uh, it's, I'm going to stay up in the air. You're not. You're going you're gonna to drop back down to the ground. Okay. Gravity is a constant. Whether you reject it or not, it's, it's there. I think a better definition is that which is in accordance with fact or reality. It's a little bit better. It's in a, it's, it's, there's fact, there's reality that support it. The problem is, is that we think that we know the facts and we think we have a good uh, estimation of what reality is, but we really don't know that much. We really don't. So when it comes to what is truth or not, we can't even figure out where morality comes from as a nation, right? Like what's good for you is good for you, what's good for me. It's like there's no, there's no core foundational thing that is setting the trajectory of our morality. We just feel like it's good for, for me and you. Like there's a separation, but it's, we know it's not true because if somebody murders somebody and it's good for them, at that point we draw the line. We say, nope, not that. It's, that's not good for you. Why, who decided that? If it's all good, it's got to be all good, right? So anyway, when it comes to the science, and, 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 and come on, y'all, look, y'all Google stuff just as much as I do. You know, it's like, well, I wonder what, what, they're, what they, whoever they is, is studying. What have they found out recently in, in the field of, you know, neuroscience? And we, we Google, and an article pops up, and we're like, oh, they found that there's a possible connection between this possible other connection of this thing over here that then there's a 3% chance that may or may not be true about this. And that study was done. And so now we, we know this based upon 0.02% of all the other information, but we know it. We figured it out, right? We got it. We don't know anything. We don't. Like, like, I just watched, I was, I was watching something recently. I get really, really intrigued with neuroscience and, and all of the things that they're studying, they're figuring out, even the last few years with, uh, you know, our genes and all this kind of stuff. And it's really intriguing. But what's awesome is that the, the further that they go, the more that they find out other things they don't know. And then, then they open that up and then they find more things. But yet our society is basing our belief system off of, off of this thing that is moving every other day. And, and it always intrigues me. Because somewhere in the last couple of hundred years, we, we, we thought that naturalism is the way. Like we could figure it out. 
And now the, the further that it goes, you're seeing astrophysicists and other people say things like, yeah, so we, we can't explain that. We have no idea. Um, we thought this for the last 20 years, and now we see this. Made, it, it undid all of this. And then, but our society is like a few years behind, and we're like, oh, uh, we're figuring it out. We don't know anything. Yeah. We're standing over this abyss of creation, trying to figure it out and trying to find answers of this fact and this reality that's shifting all around us. And so, so if, if you feel like you've planted your feet strongly and solidly upon science or, or whatever reasoning you have to, to determine you know, why you're here and where you're going and why you exist, apart from the word of God, I wanna encourage you to, to not just let the algorithm of Facebook continue to send you the articles that support your belief, but maybe go find out like, you know, the other side, right? I read it on Facebook. Hey, by the way, side note, as we head into this whole political season, if you read something on the internet <laughs> and it sounds outlandish, nine times out of 10, it is, it is like, they're taking babies and they're, you know, it's like, it's crazy. You know, they did this in the school. They literally took the head of a goat and put it on the school and bowed down and worshiped it. It probably didn't happen. It just probably didn't happen, you know? And so people were like, we're like praying prayers about things that don't even exist. Okay, like there, there's, there's things called, um, it's satirical news, all right? So like, I don't know, I just feel like it's my responsibility to help us know what satire is, it's not real, it's a joke. It's a joke, you know? <laughs> like, anyway, sorry, I'm not getting a lot of support on that one. So, but whatever. All right, it's a joke, it's funny. Um, let me get back to what I'm talking about here. Okay, truth and better definition, that which is in accordance with fact or reality. Both definitions are really based upon us though, right? It's based upon our opinions or someone else's opinions. I think the best definition of truth is that truth is God's opinion on any matter. God's opinion on any matter. Now I realize that brings up other questions for some of you because you're like, yeah, but what's God? We don't have time to go into everything today, okay? But, but I, I understand those thoughts and, and those questions, and I've had to work through a lot of those too, okay? But truth is God's opinion on any matter. What does the word of God say? What is, it says the Holy Spirit will guide us in all truth. We need to be guided in truth, okay? But the enemy has always challenged the truth on any matter. Adam and Eve, he questioned God's word. Did God say this? Really, you know, if you know this, you'll be like God. So there's this journey for truth. And Jesus in the wilderness, he twisted God's words again and basically offered Jesus power and authority over things that Satan really didn't have complete power and authority over, which I think is funny. He's like talking to God and he's like, God, I will offer you your own kingdom to you again. Yes, no, yes, yes, say yes, no. <sighs> okay, you know, he tried and it didn't work. It just didn't work. Jesus used the word of God to overcome that. He used the word of God. He didn't use a scientific study. He used the word of God to overcome that. And the enemy uses the same strategies with us today. And we're all on a journey to find these answers. I don't wanna belittle, belittle that. We're all on a journey and we're, we're trying to grasp for things to answer questions. But, but where we look for truth is so vital because the truth that I live by determines the trajectory I live on. So I wanna challenge all of you to make sure that the, the source of truth that you're seeking is a proper source. Even in the church, hey guys, look, there's a bunch of different theologies. There's a bunch of different approaches to who God is and how he works in people's lives. And you've gotta make sure that you are studying the word of God, that you, are, that you are in prayer, that you are asking God to reveal his word to you because there's the big you know, chasm between belief in God or not, but even in the belief in God and all the things that he says, there's all these different subsets of who believes what. And y'all listen, there's different versions of the gospel out there that sound really tantalizing and, and it can actually really, really, it can ruin your belief system. So. You know, there's a lot of different approaches to that. But Jesus said that he is the way, that he is the truth. And he is the truth that leads to real life. All right, so, so we are anchored in that truth. And this truth guards our hearts, which is where everything comes from. And, and it, 
you know, flows from in our, in our life. Verse 14 goes on. After having fastened on the belt of truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, a breastplate of righteousness that, that guards our heart, the most vital organ in the body, protects our heart. And righteousness kind of has two different meanings for the believer. One is righteousness, which is right standing before God because of Jesus, where we stand in his righteousness. The other is righteous living, that we live out of that righteousness and, we, and it operates out in righteous living. And some people like one over the other. I'm the righteousness of God, but yet it doesn't actually follow through into righteous living and change, right? So, but when it comes to this, our faith is really based on this truth that we are the righteousness of God with two very, very important words in Christ. We just sang it a while ago. I am the righteousness of God. But, but let me always, anytime that you ever say that or think that, make sure that in your heart you're attaching in Christ. Because if you just say, I am the righteousness of God, what can start happening in a subtle way, but it has long-term effects, is somehow, some way, you have kind of earned it or you've sort of, you sort of did something to become the righteousness of God. But, but the thing, it's a beautiful picture in Christianity is this mindset that I am putting on Christ or I'm putting on righteousness. All of the things that we're talking about, we're putting on the belt of truth, God's belt of truth. God's breastplate of righteousness. And there's this story, it's one of my favorites, it's the prodigal son. And it's the story of a kid who grows up, his dad's wealthy, him and his brother. And, um, and at one point he's like, dad, I want my inheritance now and I wanna go do my thing. Like I'm 18, like give me my stuff, let me, let me go do this. I've got, I figured out life, you know, dad, I've got it. And uh, come on, that's what happens. I'm graduating high school, dad, I got it. Like we're good, you know, I've, I read a book. Or a blog. I got a blog and this guy was three minutes and he gave me all the answers. Anyway, so he gets all of this money. He gets his inheritance and he goes and he blows it. And he ends up in a pigsty where he is disgusting. He smells bad. He's, he's eating the same food that the pigs are eating. And he has this moment where he says, man, even my, even my dad's servants have a better life than what I'm living. It's, it's better. And, and he, he has this plan. He's like, I'm going to go back home and I'm going to submit myself to my dad and say, hey, look, you know, I don't deserve anything from you. I've blown it. And I just want to come and be a servant in your house. Like I'm not a son. And it's this beautiful story where the, the dad is actually looking and sees his son coming and he runs out to his son and he, he hugs him and he kisses him and he gives him gifts. One of those is a robe. Now picture this, this guy is disgusting. Okay. And his dad runs, does not care about how he smells or how he looks. He has no questions for him. All he does is he embraces him and he takes his very robe and he covers all of that disgust with his robe. And I'm telling you guys, that's how we come to Jesus. We come to Jesus and we're messed up. We're messed up. You smell bad, all right? You smell bad and you come with nothing and, and, and your words don't even matter. Your words, they don't, they don't matter. You come in complete brokenness and submission and the love of the Father is, is still, it's constant and it's there and his grace is sufficient and then he clothes us in his righteousness. And so every person in this room who's a believer in Jesus, you're clothed in God's righteousness because of Jesus. Not because of what you can do, not because of, you know, because of your effort. Like I'm trying really hard. I'm, I'm trying really hard to do good and be good. That's valiant. It's great, but it's still not going to work. It just doesn't work. You've got to have this understanding that I come to Jesus with nothing, and he gives me everything. It's a, it's a miracle. And some people want to complicate it. I even want to complicate it, guys. I really do. In my mind, I'm like, yeah, but then, but then I got to, and then I've got to like, you know, and if I don't start and keep my feet grounded in that simple gospel, then I just begin to drift I mean, the drift. So let's keep our, our, our feet firmly planted in the gospel and understanding that we wear the righteousness of God because of Jesus, right? We, like, like that's, it's his righteousness. Now, here's the deal. The enemy can fight you on your terms with your righteousness, but he cannot fight the righteousness of Christ. He has nothing that, that overcomes that, nothing. And so that's, that's the breastplate that can actually protect your heart and your faith is by leaning in and trusting into that. 
Now, because I am the righteousness of God in Christ, that condition has been dealt with. Now I can live righteously, which has to do with my conduct. Righteous living is upright living that aligns with God's standards. And I'm telling you guys something right now. Many of you need to continue to study the word of God and you need, to, you need to know what God's standard of living is for you as a believer to continue to grow in righteousness, right? So there's this, my conduct, my, my condition of being in sin has been dealt with through the blood of Jesus. But as I continue to grow, my conduct should change. It should change. And so we are empowered with God's righteousness to live righteously, so we have put on truth, we've put on righteousness, now we move on to verse 15, and 15 is actually where we're stopping today, and it's, as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace, the shoes of the gospel of peace. Now, we all know this, but we don't think about it a lot, how important our feet are in battle, okay? Extremely important. You're right. I mean, if you're going to stand, if you're going to take ground, your feet have to be healthy. In World War I, there's a stat that says that 2,000 Americans and 75,000 British soldiers died because of what's called trench foot. It's because their feet were wet and cold and they, got, they rotted and they, they got diseased and, and they, a lot of them died because of that. But also think about how many people were affected and died because of trench foot. They didn't die because of it, but they, they died because of something else. The big, vast difference between the British and the Americans was, was that there was accountability in the American troop culture of helping people protect their feet. And, you know, man, could you imagine you see a guy limping and you're like, hey, man, you, you good? Man, you, sit down, take your shoes off. Let's look at your feet. You know what I'm saying? Some people, you're, you're limping through this walk, you're, but you're, you're like a martyr. You're like, but I'm going to continue to move. And it's like, dude, actually what you need to do is you need to sit down. You need to take your boots off. You need to change your socks. You need to put your boots over the fire, let them dry out and get healthy. Get healthy because you're actually not taking any ground. You're actually, it's gonna kill you. It's gonna kill you. It's gonna take you out. And you got friends around you who are saying it. If you don't listen to them, they may be the friends who are helping, you know, carry some soldiers through World War I. And, and, and we gotta listen to that. So there's accountability that's built in. But when it comes to our feet, they've got to be protected. I think for some of you, I think you need to look at how you're going to change your socks. It's a weird way of kind of segueing into this next point. But um, I think you're tired. I think that your faith is, is weak. And I think that you, are, uh, you look really good from head to, to ankles, but your feet are worn out. And sometimes we need to sit around the fire. We need to dry out. How did, what, what does that look like? Well, there's some ways here at this church that, that we want to help you in that, Right? Because we're all busy. We all got a lot of stuff going on. One way is this coming Saturday, we have a freedom conference. If you've been through a freedom group here at the church and you know what that is, I don't care if you've, like it was five years ago, every freedom conference that we hold, um, it's an all day Saturday thing from like 8.30 to about 4.30. You're invited to that every time to come and to sit and to, to, to kind of be in an environment where you, you take a break for a few hours not just a one and a half hour service or whatever, but like you literally, you come and you sit under some teaching that, that, that reminds you of the fight that you're in, that reminds you of the tools that you need to overcome. Worship together with other believers. Get somebody to pray for you. That's a way that you could t you know, change your socks out, right? Take those wet socks out. How about uh, small groups? You see, a lot of you, you come on Sundays and you're here and it's great. And I'm, I'm extremely excited that you're here. Uh, to worship and to hear the teaching, but you have no friends in this church. You don't actually know anybody and you've never been to a small group. And so you, you, you're, you're, you, it's like you feel that there's something here that's good and you're like, yeah, I like it, but you, there's like a threshold that you're not crossing. Why not get in a small group? Get in a small group where we take what happens on Sundays and we flesh it out, we talk through it. Some of you, you've, you don't have spiritual conversations with people. You don't, you don't have, you know, three hour conversations about, and what did that verse really mean? Like what, what was going on? How does that, what does that mean to you? Not that small groups are three hours long. I'm just saying like, I'm a talker. So I like the three hour conversations, you know, had one at one the other night and just like, this is awesome. You know, and I was very tired the next day, but, but like what happens whenever you're in conversations with other believers, your faith is increased. The Bible talks about us stirring one another to good works. Small groups is a great place to do that. Prayer and worship this past Wednesday night. We do prayer and worship every first Wednesday night. 
And some of you have never been to a prayer and worship night. You don't know what it means to be in an environment like that. My whole life, sometimes being in a prayer and worship service lasts for an hour. You don't have a big agenda. You come in and you sing songs and you worship God and then you pray for one another and you pray to God for other people and other things that are going on. Whenever you get done with that time, it's like, it's like water just got poured over your soul. I don't know how else to say it. So we, and you're missing out on it. And so, so you're like, ah, I've got a lot going on. We always have a lot going on. Always have a lot going on. Well, the kids have this and that. <laughs> your kids are always gonna have homework. Your kids are always gonna have something to do. It's, it's just, guys, it's the life that we live. Like on those nights, my kids go to bed late. It's just, it is what it is. Why? Because I prioritize being in the family that you're like, well, that's your job. No, not really. Like, I don't have to actually, I can make up some really good excuses. Hey, uh, hey, Pastor Stephen, I'm gonna need you to go ahead and uh, do prayer tonight. You know, I'm kind of tired today. You know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, there's a lot of excuses, a lot of ways you could finagle it. But I'm telling you, if you value changing your socks, come on, if you, you'll value those moments. So I just wanna encourage you in that. You can take it or leave it. But, but there's these different ways that, and there's environments, but there's also relationships that you get in that, that help you. Anyway, peace. He talks about peace. And we're going to talk about peace next month. And so I'm not going to get too deep into peace. Um, but peace is basically this picture of everything being in order. Shalom. Everything in order. Good. God created the heavens and the earth. He created us. And he said, it's good. It was in order. Sin has come in and destroyed that. And so now as people, we want shalom. We want peace. We want peace in our minds, in our hearts, in our nation. We want it. The thing is, is that the way that we're actually supposed to get peace is not what we think it is. Peace is actually found in Christ. And that's what Paul is saying. Look, in this time, there was worship of these Greek gods and goddesses, and they would worship this God of peace, make sacrifices because they wanted peace. Paul is writing this, this, these scriptures and he's speaking directly into their context. And he's saying, hey, look, I know that you've been raised in all this mythology, but actually Jesus is where that peace is at. It's found in Christ. It's not found in your job. It's not found in that relationship finally working out. It's not, it's not found in that promotion. It's not found in, guys, it's not even found in your body being made whole physically. I'm telling you, it goes deeper than that. I'm 35 years old and I know that that's not very old. But one thing that I have learned is that everything that I thought if I would attain it, that I would have some sort of level of peace or joy if I had it, that like I would, it would, it, that was the thing that would click it. Like, bam, got it, finally. And every single time it lasts for about three months. And then it just runs out of gas. I don't know how to say, and you've, everybody's experienced it because we're humans, right? That promotion, that merit, if I could just get married. Some of you are like, man, if I could get married, it's all good. You know, I need to get married. And then you get in the car to leave and you're like, who is this human being, you know? Um, <laughs> We're reaching and we're grabbing for stuff. But, but this is what I want to tell you is that peace isn't the absence of conflict, but the presence of Christ. I, I truly believe that the answers, the satisfaction that people are, are, are reaching for in a lot of different ways to fulfill them is not going to be found in that. It'll numb you for a little bit. It, it works for a little while. But the presence of Christ is really what we desire because we were created for it. Guys, look, think about it really quick. And I know I'm taking a little bit longer today, but I think this is really good stuff. I like it at least. I'm encouraging myself. Hope it helps you. Um, hope, peace, and joy. Love. All of us in this room, we want it. We want it. If you sum it up what we, what we want to feel, we want those things. And it's amazing that the Bible says that's the fruit of the Spirit. It's the character and the nature of God that fulfills those things. And in the garden... We were completely fulfilled, completely fulfilled. Sin comes in, tears, rips that away from us. And now we've got this, this, this void in us that the only thing, if we don't prioritize Jesus, the only thing we have is creation to fill that gap. It never does. It never fills it. Peace. But then he's, he frames it up and he says that believers walk with peace. They walk with the peace of God the gospel of peace. And it says that we need to be ready to preach this gospel in season and out of season. Second Timothy talks about that. This is my challenge to you, that as believers, we, we don't have the luxury of not 
feeling that every day of our lives, we have a massive weight of responsibility on us to communicate this good news, to carry the gospel of peace to other people, that we are ready, prepared, our feet are covered with the gospel of peace. And as we go, that's what we lead with. That's what we take ground with, the good news. I don't have very many other answers for the problems that I experience, the problems that I see other people experience, nor the problems that this world experiences. There's not, there's not very many other answers that I have found. All of them are so predicated upon like 10 other things happening, <laughs> right? If our government would do this and then everybody would then do this. And then if there was this, like maybe we could actually be able to pass a bill. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like, my hope's not in that. The peace that I find is in the fact that if all of that falls apart, it doesn't matter because I'm still found in Jesus. Like it withstands all of that. And that's the message that we have. That's the message that Paul preached. And that's what we preach. The good news of the gospel of peace. Romans 5.1 says, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We taught this earlier in the year. We have peace with God because of Jesus. And as people, we are called to reconcile, reconcile God to man, just like Jesus has reconciled us to God. We are reconcilers. And some of you in this room today, you're not reconciled with God. This peace that I'm talking about, you long for. And there's something about what I'm saying. There's something about these scriptures that's resonating in your heart. And you're like, I don't have it all figured out intellectually, but there's something deep in my core that's yearning for that and says that that's true. I wanna give you an opportunity to say yes to that. What you're saying yes to is the cross, the blood of Jesus that was, that was poured out for your sin, your condition that's been dealt with, but you still have to receive it through faith. And so right here in this moment, I'm gonna give you an opportunity to respond to that. Let's bow our heads, close our eyes. If you're in this place and you, you know that you're far from God, there's a, there's a gap between you and wherever God's at, you just, you know it. And you've been trying to fill that gap so you could walk there and get there. And I, you can't even put words around it. But, but in this moment, you realize that really what you need to do is surrender. Really what you need to do is just lay all of your successes and failures down, just like that prodigal son, and come running to the Father because the Father is running to you. And he wants to cover you in his righteousness, cover you with his robe, and he wants to call you a son and a daughter of the King. So in this moment right here, right now, if that's you, I'm gonna pray a prayer. And all you have to do is agree. Repeat after me, say your own prayer. It's about your heart before God. Say, Lord, here I am before you. I am humble, I am broken, and I am surrendering all that I have at your feet, God. And I pray that, that because of what Jesus has done, God, that you would forgive me, that you would forgive me, that you would clothe me in your righteousness. God, that I could stand firm in this life. I thank you for the cross where sin was dealt with for me through Jesus. God, I pray that my life would be lived in a way that would glorify and honor you. And I thank you for it. God, I pray for all of us in this room right now, every background, God, whether we are far from you still in this moment, we have a lot of questions that aren't answered. God, I pray for those in this room and those that are watching online. God, I pray that you would touch them. God, that by your spirit, you would draw them and illuminate your gospel to them. God, it's something that only you can do. I pray that you would do that for them. God, for all of us in this room and watching who are believers, God, I pray that you would continue to help us to advance your kingdom. God, to go forth armored up, geared up with your armor, not our own. God, let us recognize where we've tried to fill up our own truth and fill up our own righteousness and do all these things in our own way. God, we surrender all that we are to you and we thank you for your presence that goes with us. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Amen, amen. Hey, let's give it up for what God's doing in this place this morning. He's working in hearts, he's changing lives. Man, it's been a great morning. Aren't you guys happy that you came out this morning? I know I am. I've been encouraged. Hey, my name is Tom. I'm the assistant pastor here at the Gulfport location. And uh, in case you're wondering, I was not at the football game or watching it with Pastor Jordan yesterday. I'm just getting over a cold. It's just the same effect. So here, here's my voice for today. Uh, it's bad. Who, who else is getting affected by this change in weather? It's just like, man, yeah, a lot of you. Okay, I'm not alone. Yeah. Hey guys, it's been an amazing morning, and, and for those of you um, who maybe just prayed that prayer with, with Pastor Jordan just a minute ago, um, hey, it, right now the Bible says that heaven is celebrating. 
Imagine that. People, uh, angels are celebrating in heaven right now for what you just did. And uh, yeah, give it up. The trajectory of your life just changed. I mean, literally the Holy Spirit came inside of you and made you new through the power and the blood of Jesus Christ. And we want to celebrate that with you. And uh, what I want to do um, is actually uh, reach out to you this week if you give me that opportunity and help you to take your next step because this is just the beginning of a journey, guys. And uh, there's actually a special video that I want to put in your hands that Pastor Jordan made. Um, So if you could do me a favor and fill out that orange and white card that Pastor Jordan referenced back at the, the, the beginning of the service. It's the What's Next card. It's right in the seat pocket in front of you. Uh, fill that out, and you can turn it in in one of two ways. You can uh, stop by our Next Steps area in the back. We've got a couple of friendly ladies back there who would love to meet you, and they also got a little gift for you as well. Um, if you're in a rush to get out of here, um, you can also drop it off in any of the white buckets at any door uh, when you leave today. Also, if you're new, maybe you've uh, been here for a few weeks even, and you want to get introduced, you want to start connecting to the church a little bit, fill out that card as well. Um, uh, just let me know that you're new here, and I'm going to reach out to you as well via text message this week. Sound good? All right. Hey, guys. Also, I want to bring uh, some uh, emphasis to giving like we do every week. Man, the, the, the kingdom is furthered through your faithfulness and giving. And for those of you who do faithfully give, thank you very much. Um, man, we, we can't do what we do um, without your faithfulness in doing that. So there's four ways to do that. It's on the screen behind me. Also, maybe there's something special that God has spoken to you this morning. There's a challenge that's going on in your life. Uh, maybe you just need someone to agree with you in prayer. We always have our prayer team right up here at the front. Just a wonderful group of individuals who they're either trustworthy, everything that you tell them is confidential. So if there's anything at all going on in your life, just come right up here to, towards the front right after we release and just say, hey, I need some prayer. Um, let them know what's going on and they'll pray with you, okay? Sound good? Hey, uh, real quick, uh, as we're getting ready to go, there's a couple things that Pastor Jordan did mention about the Freedom Conference coming up. Um, man, it, whether you're coming to that or not, I do encourage you to come like you said, but if you can't, at least cover that morning and that actually that whole day with prayer. Um, talk about spiritual warfare. There's going to be a lot going on that day in this room right here. So cover that morning in prayer. And also next week is going to be our Next Steps class. So if you're newer here, you can come out and see what's going on at the church and how you can get involved. Either way, um, if you want some more info on what's going on here at Northwood, just stop by one of the little uh, po- poster holders on the way out. They're in the lobbies, South Lobby as well, and grab one of the info guides. It's got all the info you can need on there. All right, sound good? Hey, let's stand up to our feet. We're going to pray and get out of here. God, we thank you so much for what you've done in lives and our hearts and our minds this morning. God, I pray that you will seal the word that you've spoken on our hearts. God, that you will go before us, that you will uh, make our path straight this week. God, that you will uh, give peace where peace is needed, that you will give strength where strength is needed. And God, uh, help us to be your hands and your feet to the people we encounter this week. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Hey guys, have a great week. See ya.